What's happening, humans? Welcome to the First Step Theology Podcast, where we discuss our glorious God so that we all might love and enjoy Him in a greater way. Today, we are talking about how the gospel applies to our approach to wealth and work. My name is Joel, and I am joined always by a man who has the head of a 16th century sailor and the self-esteem of a cat whose owner exclusively feeds him salmon. It's Luke Rasmussen. (laughs) How are you, mate? That's good. I'm well, sir. How are you? Exceptional, thank you. Great. We've got some updates for the listeners, or you've got some updates for the listeners. Well, we've got some updates. You want to air? I do. Uh, First and foremost, Mm. twirl update. Oh, yes. This has been coming back to us quite recently. Yeah. In uh, in heavy flows. We got a, a <laughs> we got a video the other day yeah. uh, from one of our lovely listeners, Aaron. Mm, thanks, Aaron. Who gave us a video critique mm. of twirls. Yeah. We're talking about the confectionery Cabri bar, the twirl. If you don't know about it, we yeah. don't know you. Go back to episode one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go to the beginning. And, uh, I mean, it's it's been a while since we've... You know, yeah. addressed it yeah. or spoken about twirls, and also we got the video ages ago. Mm. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh? Well, the feedback is that you know it's just chocolate. <laughs> That's, that seems to be what people are saying. Yeah. It's just chocolate. That's right. And actually, part of the reason why I said we should talk about this today is I was eavesdropping on a group the other day talking mm. about twelves. Yeah, and there was like, it's just chocolate. I don't, I don't understand. Don't, it's well, not. Yeah, why, why do they care about it so much? They yeah. keep talking about it. Yeah. Well, here we go. We're going to do it again. Let <laughs> us explain to you people one more time. Let us take more of your precious time. Listen carefully. <laughs> it only needs chocolate. It only needs chocolate. It's all about the balance of flavor, texture, and fluffiness. Density, people. Yeah. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you... Dense people. <laughs> it's here's the beauty of the twirl, right? Yeah. It is plain chocolate. We're we're not. Yeah. We're conceding that fact. Yeah. Right. It's there's, all it needs. There's no cherries in there. There's no honeycomb. It's no. just chocolate. That's right. But it is the perfection mm. of chocolate in its right form. Amen. That makes it makes the twirl so magnificent. Mm-hmm. So so when you come to us and you say it's just chocolate. We come back to you and we say, amen, dear friend. (laughs) (laughs) It is just chocolate. Just like it's just Jesus. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. All right. Tick. Next on the list. Uh, So um, had one of those weeks the other weeks. I just want to give you a a bit of a week update. Okay. Give us a week update. I'll just give you dot points first. Yep. Rode a bike. Wow. Yep. Still I've got it? Is the saying, does the saying hold true? Yeah. It's like riding a bike. You can pick Still it straight it. back up. Yeah, yeah. So the other day, um, my car was getting serviced, and I mm. didn't think this through, but it's at the bottom of a hill. We live on, on top of a hill. Yeah. It's at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. And, it's uh, a significant hill as it's, well. It's not a like, significant hill. Not like a mound. No, 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 no. no. Proper hill. Proper hill. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I, on the night before, was like, shut I haven't thought about how I'm getting home from me delivering this because we got school runs, we got children, child's got a life. Yeah, doesn't want to pick you up. <laughs> no, That's five minutes out of day. with me yeah. in public, just the regular things. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, it's all right, I'll jam my bike in there. Mm. Anyway, rode up the hill, did it, tick, summer man. of fitness baby. <laughs> <laughs> Second thing, <Yeah. laughs> the problem was the tyres kept on deflating. I didn't oh, think... No. 
And so literally, like, I'd get to a certain point, I'd be like wobbling along, like, why is this so hard? And I'm just on rims. So then I'd get a bump out, <laughs> pump that thing back up again, go again. Yeah, the other thing that made it difficult was it was Elsa's bike. So <laughs> it was like the ribbons just two just foot off the ground, like <laughs> knees out like a clown. Great. You know, the funny thing is, is like people just taking over me, like left, right, and center. Mm, yeah. Just like these people in these lycra spandex just going by, and I'm like, oh, on <laughs> bikes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah old ladies walking their dogs, <laughs> just me, just like on the same place, just a <laughs> tiny little pink bike with ribbons. Uh, so well, good. let let us applaud you, sir. Thank you. Summer of fitness. Two weeks early. We're still off summer, so you you're uh, you got a head start. Yes, I did. Thank well you very much. Take one last look at this body. Yeah, celebrated with KFC that night. Made <laughs> a whole bucket of chicken. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny. Anyway, uh, last but another point. Yeah. Um, my child smacked me in the head with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> that headline is all we need. <laughs> Which child? Who do you think? My middle yeah, child. Yeah, sure, Sully. Digging in the garden, just minding my own business, serving my family. Mm. Smacked in the side of the head. Goodbye. Blood gushing. Your beautiful child. Just swinging her little shovel around. And That's just, funny. And that was like that same week where I was putting in uh, garden edging and then smashed my thumb with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stay off the tools, mate. Yeah. Stick, stick, stick to your books. <laughs> Stay away from little girls yeah. <laughs> and Which the tools that men use. Stay yeah. away from those things and you'll be fine. Yeah, and, the, and their bikes. Mm. Now, speaking yeah. of your mishaps, yeah. you, you wrote a headline that I giggled at in our, our little planning doc. And it says this. I'm just going to read it out and you can <laughs> embellish on it. It says, the time I asked a breastfeeding lady to stand up in church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. What happened yeah. there? You know, have you ever had those moments where you just wish that the world would just swallow you? No, it's pretty clean history. Yeah, that actually yeah. reminds me of the time where you <laughs> dedicated a child and you used the wrong name. I called a girl a boy as well. <laughs> <laughs> the same kid. <laughs> they still go to our church. They do, surprisingly. <laughs> Oh, you dedicated. Anyway, back child. to your <laughs> embarrassing story. Anyway, I was, this is in the previous church I was a part of. <laughs> yeah. I was doing the MC spot. And it's a little bit, you know, like, it was quite up and about. You know, you're supposed to do the MC spot. You know, they would have yeah. music in the background sometimes. Keep the vibe like up. That. Keep the vibe up. Anyway, yeah. we had a family visiting us yeah. who used to attend our church. They lived in another state. Anyway, I, I noticed them. And, and, and so I thought, oh, it'd be good to highlight that they're here. And so I was like, hey, isn't it great that this couple's here and they've just had a baby? Isn't it wonderful? What? And I thought, do you know what? The crowd's loving this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a little bit more. I'm like, why don't you stand up so we can give you a good old round of applause? Okay, and they didn't more. stand up. I was like, why aren't they standing up? And I'm like, come on, stand up. And everyone around them was doing that old like cut sign, you know, like on the, yeah, on the no, neck, no, like, no, 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 no. Just yeah. do your own thing. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out she was breastfeeding. Bless. It was just one of those moments. Especially when like, you're begging, like on your knees, please stand <laughs> up. Stand. I please said like, respond. I didn't say, I said like two or three times. Oh, where I was just like, come on, what, don't be that. shy. Like I thought it was just a bit of fun. And bit they're of visiting. Banter, <laughs> and they're visiting. <laughs> what the heck was I thinking? Bless them. Yeah. There one of those go. moments you just want to be swallowed in a hole. Mm, a lot going on in your world at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I know. A lot of things to reflect on and grow from and yeah. swerve away from. <laughs> I actually did nearly get hit by a car while I was riding my bike. But anyway, side story, another time. 
There you go. Well, let's get to the, the good story, <laughs> the good gospel. Amen, brother. And uh, we're talking today. Well, actually, let's talk about what we're doing throughout this series very quickly. Yeah. Because we're applying the gospel and helping each of us grow in applying the gospel to the real um, scenarios and issues and challenges of life. Yeah. And so if you've missed the start of this little mini in-season series, then you can go back two episodes to episode 54. Nice. Where we talked about the gospel and the search for self-satisfaction. We talked about our emotions last week. And today we are talking about how the gospel applies to work. Yep. And wealth. Yeah, good. Such important things because it touches every aspect of our life. Totally. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we, we all work mm-hmm. and we all have things. Mm-hmm. Money might be the first one that we uh, jump to, whether we have one monies or many monies. <laughs> um, but, but that would also include all the stuff that we have in this life yeah. um, as well. And so how do we, I suppose the big question is, how do we approach these things from a distinctly Christian perspective? Yep. And, and how does the gospel shed light on how we should approach them? Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's the, the big topic of what we're getting at today. Mm. So tell, talk to me about first, though, about work, because what should we think about when we talk about work? Yeah, I think uh, an important kind of distinction we should make is that we're not just talking about paid, paid salary work. We're talking about anything that's in your hands, whether it's working... Uh, as raising children, yeah, or working at your job at Macca's, yep, or um, uh, serving uh, as a volunteer somewhere, mm. it's it's what it's what's been given uh, for you the ground to till. Yeah, oh, that's that's good. Thanks. What are you putting your hands to? Yeah, nice. Yeah, and so for some of us, that does look like a our occupation, our job. Uh, that we are remunerated for with a yearly salary. For others, that looks like volunteer hours, and others, it's uh, volunteering your kids. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds like you're like volunteering your own sending children. them out. Sorry, no, no, I meant yeah. like being a parent. Yeah, um, and so we're not talking about parenting, mm-hmm. but we're talking about the you know the real work that goes into making life happen. Yep, uh, in its different facets. Yes, and so how does the gospel apply? to these two things. And what we've been doing throughout this series is going through the, the sort of four broad points of the gospel, creation, fall, redemption, and glorification, and seeing how the good news of God's story changes how we approach these significant areas. Yep. It's an apologetic for living a gospel-centered life. There you go. There we go. Yeah, we should have we should have started with that idea <laughs> three episodes ago. <laughs> Just getting my head just then. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how we that's how we plan, right? Yeah, yeah, our in-depth planning. Yeah, um, we didn't define wealth. No, go ahead. Well, I guess <laughs> <we don't. laughs> the things we have, right? Yeah, the things the, that you've got. Yep. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well sorted. We actually did kind of say. Well, that I definitely as did. Yeah. <laughs> just realised as I. Cool. Now, what what we should to. You know, segue from that. Get away from that as quick as possible. Terrible ending is to recognize that these are significant areas in everyone's life. Mm-hmm. The things that we do with our time and put our hands to, so everything other than recreational or leisure activities, right? Our our work yep. takes up a big chunk of our life. Yeah, it does. Big chunk of your day, even. You sleep, you eat, you work, mm-hmm. you fun. Yeah. 
<laughs> do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's You're probably fine. but yeah, yeah anyway. Good. Um and and so so how do we use that? Mm. Like do we approach work just with the idea of like I'm going to get paid so I can spend money on the weekend? Because mm. that sounds disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it like that's really disappointing. Or maybe it's the opposite which is like what we're told in year 10 or 11 is like find the job that you love mm. that's like it just brings the best you out of you mm. and that's going to make you content and you love rolling into work every day and the job is the end in and of itself. Yeah, that's right. The, the occupation is the end. Mm. Well, that sounds like it's probably going to crush you as well or you're going to crush the job because yeah. essentially and eventually it is going to fall short of your expectations. Or when you retire, what does that look like? Totally, you know, yeah. yeah. If you lose your job, what does that look like? It's putting a lot of identity. Totally, yeah. So or, or, or there's going to be a day when you wake up and don't want to go to work, right? Yeah. So it's all, all of a sudden not the perfect thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nothing's perfect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so really what we're saying is the world offers two things. You either live to work or mm. work to live. But we're saying uh, within the gospel that neither of them are essential. Mm. Neither of them, they're false ideas. Totally, yeah. And and they will leave us disappointed. Yeah. And we can say the same for our wealth, right? Yeah. We, we know that there are many mm. wealthy people that are not satisfied. Mm. And in fact, wealth often leads to a greater search for satisfaction. Yeah. Um, in trying to fill that cup, if it is our source of satisfaction. Yeah, I remember reading... Um, this was a couple of years ago. They released a list of the top 10 richest people in the world at the time. Mm. Um, and then they followed them up a decade later to see where they're at. Oh, yeah. And I remember the list was like, it's either six or seven of them had died. Sure. On that list. And m- most of them were either, or well, were either in prison or had committed suicide. Wow. Because the they'd either lost all their wealth or their dissatisfaction of their wealth had mm. led them to this position. And that's not to say like seven out of 10 rich people want to die. Like that's not what we're trying to say here. Yeah. But it's a myth to say that if I get what I want, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. I will be content. Yeah. And that's not a new idea. We're not, we're not bringing that as a new idea, but what we do want to bring is how, how, whether you do have, as I said, one penny or many pennies, how do we apply the gospel to how we approach Using and stewarding and enjoying yep. and saving and spending and all those sorts of things that are that are real issues, right? Big time. I'm thinking about we've got a bunch of young couples in our church that are either getting married or about to get engaged or um, you know just been married and you know budgeting for the first time as a couple is like yep. that's a, just a practical thing mm. of how do you think through how the gospel applies to how I use what I have. Mm. Both in a work sense, how do I use what I have in terms of this job yep. or the things I put my hands to? And how do I use what I have in terms of the the, 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 the finance? Mm. Yeah, and how do we use it missionally and faithfully and all those sorts of things? Love it. Okay. Big topic. Let's get to it. So let's talk about it in regards to creation. How does creation speak into it? Maybe, should we start work? Yeah, well, let's go through each and we'll go work, then wealth. Great. Deal. Okay. So, so first work. So So work, let's start from this point. God created Adam and Eve, created, put them in the garden, and and Adam is first given the task of naming all the animals. Mm-hmm. Right, he's in relationship with God. He's has the the 
good creation that God created to enjoy. Um, and then there is the commission to take dominion over the earth, to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth. Yep. A big part of that dominion has to be, that, that's a missional call, right? Is yep. that, That's the first commission, is, uh, is to go and take dominion over all the earth. Um, but we also see in this Edenic, Edenic mm-hmm. uh, garden place that Adam and Eve are given the role of working it. Yep. Of bringing life from it, of enjoying it, and and uh, and putting their hands to something, right? Whether it be relationally as family or as the stewards of God's good creation. Yeah, that's right. And so work is a like this is a simple idea, but work is good. Mm. Like work is not evil. That's right. It's not the evil thing that we have to do to get the good thing. That's right. It's not evil to work so that we can get the good leisure time on the Saturday and Sunday. That's right. Right? Work is good. Mm. Work is to um, to enjoy and to um, be disciplined with and to put our hands to in, in the very literal sense. Yeah. Um, and so it's a good thing. That's right. That, that having dominion was not just, we, you know, we think of dominion as like being... Um, controlling of something mm-hmm. but having dominion was to cultivate yes and so adam and eve were put in the garden to to take something and to co- cultivate it. And, and and all work is cultivating something so that's why we include like raising children yeah because you are cultivating a life mm. and um you know as an accountant you're cultivating something you know as as a um a, a singer you are cultivating and you are creating and and so work is to have dominion over something. It's to take what God has given us and to shape it and to use it for the glory of his mighty name. Yeah. Um, you notice that as soon as God creates them, mm. he gives them their identity as one who is loved by him. Yep. And then closely knit to their identity was what they did. Yeah. And this is the peril of work, which we'll talk about in the kind of post-fall. Yeah. But even from pre-fall, the... Um, the garden needed work. Mm. And God worked through his creation through humanity. That's, a, that's really significant, right? Yeah. Is to just think about like, so, so we can pray God provide food for us, right? mm-hmm. just in a, in a very simple sense. How does food arrive on our table? Mm. It arrives on our table because there is a farmer somewhere who is working the ground and there is... Uh, uh, a f- bunch of farmhands that help him sow and reap, and then there is a bunch of people who transport, and a bunch of people who package, and a bunch of people who mm. who distribute, and a bunch of people who retail and sell to the point where it is able to come to me and be prepared. That is God providing food mm. through His stewards, through that's right uh, the good creation of humanity and the good creation of the work that He gives them. Yeah, that's right, and, and so. Like that's just a picture of how God uses humanity to to cultivate mm. and bring life and allow life to continue in the world. That's right. And so God uses the language of He of like Him having dominion through us. Yes. Now this practice is a, like like you said earlier, but this is God's common practice. So this, I mean, you know, we're jumping a little bit here, <laughs> and I won't go too far into it, but that is then where the church comes into play because the church is God's hand moving in our society. Yeah, sure. God, God intervenes and does miraculous things. 
But his mission is always that humanity works for him and through him in this. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So a, a huge idea that at creation, God made us, he gave us our identity, and then he gave us a job to do. Mm. Good. Yeah. And yes, if we're in creation, uh, in relation to wealth, mm-hmm. let's just remember, like Adam and Eve had it. Like mm. they had all the fruits of the garden to eat. Yeah. They had the wonderful presence of God, certainly, but then the wonderful creation to enjoy. Mm. Talk about the richest people in the world. How's your real estate when, when you're <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Should have bought up. Should have really bought up. But, but uh, Adam and Eve were given the good things mm. to enjoy. Yep. They were wealthy people, mm. right? In a, you know, it's you know different scenario but yep absolutely still the they same. had things and those things were of great value exactly yep. so we can leave again not bad things no and to be enjoyed rightly uh under god's dominion under god's control that's right wealth sh- can show god's good gifts in a unique way mm. now that is not to say that if you don't have wealth god has not given you good gifts no. uh, that's a that's a but god giving provision, it, it points to his goodness. Absolutely. That his goodness is not just to go, I'm giving you the bare essential here and you'll just survive. Mm. He's like, no, no I, want, I want to pour out my love upon you. And that may look in this this manner. And that's sure. a, it's, it's actually a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And we, to use that wealth then is the work of our hands. So mm. like when you tie both of these together, it is to use what God has given us in that wealth to then help us to be able to... Um, glorify him um, for sure for his for his glory. Absolutely, that's what it means to glorify him. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the fall. How how does then the fall implicate um, these two areas? Yeah, well, we see instantly when when mankind step outside of the design of reflecting God and 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 uh, allowing Him to work through them because ultimately by by them sinning, they are stepping outside and saying, well, we can do it on our own and we'll actually try and reflect ourselves. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we see instantly that in Genesis 3, there is a curse put on the land because of humanity's role yeah. as being those who are to work the land and, and cultivate it and change it. But they are also leaders of that land and so when they went to war with god yeah creation went to war with them and so we see that when um god speaks to adam and curses adam because he was the one who initially was given that role um he he says you know um cursed is the the ground that you will work and there will not be fruitful labor and and all Mm. that kind of stuff and so the the um Work is then affected. It's it's far less fruitful. It's far less satisfying. It's it's harder. Mm. You work double the time for less benefits. Bummer, bummer, man. And then on top of that, you have the sinful nature of humanity mm. that blurs the lines between receiving identity from God and yep. then being given the task of what to do Big the time. work, and instead places our identity in what we do. Yeah. And so now there is a real trap, right, for mm. all of us. We experience this all the time to um, place our value in uh, how we perform yeah, and in how successful we are, in how much we are making each year or how well-behaved our children and how we're running our f- 
home is, right? Yeah, big time. And, and, and what have we done? We've forgotten that our identity, though closely linked to what we do, yeah. is not found in what we do. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's ultimately linked to the fact of stepping outside of God's design. We are longing to put something in that place to do it, identify ourselves with. Absolutely. Whether it's our emotions, whether it's the relationships we have, mm. or whether it's our wealth or the work we do. I mean, you think about it. You go and introduce yourself to someone. Yeah. And uh, the first mm-hmm. thing you say is, oh, you know, what do you do? Hi, I'm Luke, and and I'm a youth communicator. Youth communicator. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was a good one. That was really good. Yeah. yeah. My totally. good old LinkedIn. Mm, for sure. So, um, yeah, there, there is great pitfalls there. Mm-hmm. Wealth. Wealth. How does uh, the fall impact wealth and our approach to it? Well, what it means is that we take good things and make it God things. Yeah. I mean, you look at Romans 1. I think I've heard you say that before. About a billion times. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, Romans 1 is a great example of that. Mm. We deny because of our unrighteousness and our ungodliness, which is the effect of the fall. Yeah. We no longer acknowledge the creator, but we glorify the created thing. And so therefore what we do is we we take those things and we try and gain our identity from it. And we let it determine how we feel. We let it determine what we do. We let it direct our lives. Mm, that's so true. Is it that we um, place far too much value yeah. because we see it as God, right? Like you put it away. It was a good thing that we make a God thing. And, and so we place far too much value on it. Yeah. And the Bible is, is very full of warnings mm-hmm. against placing our hope and our trust in wealth. Mm-hmm. I think of First Timothy chapter 6, where Paul says to, to Timothy, he says that those who desire to be rich, so there's a desire there to be wealthy, fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving, there's again the desire, the craving, mm-hmm. that some have wandered away from the faith and pierce themselves with many pangs. Mm. Here is that desire for and craving for wealth that is causing people to walk away from from their faith in God, from their their good understanding of the good God and the good gifts that He has given. Yeah. And that, what is that? That's a that's a selfish desire and craving because of our sinful nature that is against God, and mm. rather than putting leaving God on the throne instead puts this ideology or this idea of the wealthy self. And that can come in different forms, right? Mm -hmm. Some of us can be tempted with uh, selfish spending. I've got to have all this stuff. I've got to have the next best thing. My iPhone is out of date because there's a new one that came out this year, right? So I've got to keep up with the trend and keep having the new best thing, right? And keep having the new clothes and the new look and the new shoes and whatever it is. Yep. There's also then there's on the other side, right? This is where I would fit. Mm. Is the selfish saver, mm-hmm. the person who would save and place their trust in the savings account and that next goal that they've got, or paying yeah. off that home loan by a certain point, or whatever it is. Yeah. It, it both sides of the coin are interestingly. My wife and I are the opposites in this. Yeah. But both sides are equally selfish. Spending for yourself or saving for yourself is equally selfish. Yeah, that's right. And and, and in both cases, what are you doing? You, you're, you're placing your hope and your trust 
in a in in wealth, mm. and therefore craving and desiring it. And ultimately, if you think about it, its root is in pride. Yeah. Because what you are trying to do is you are trying to gain control. Mm. So you might be sitting at home going, <clears throat> "Well, it doesn't affect me because I'm a mum and I'm staying at home, and you know I spend all my time looking after my children." Mm. Well. You try and gain control over your children through your your work. So you, you are you are prideful in trying to control every behavior they make, in trying to set up your life that is completely about exalting them. What you are doing is you are identifying yourself as to how those children act, what they do. Mm. You are trying to set up your own little wealth in them. Yeah. And it is much as the same as the same stockbroker who is trying to, you know, invest money and stuff. I don't know yeah. about stockbroking. Good knowledge. There's going to be so many times I've like, been like absolutely called out for like my lack of knowledge on medical things. <laughs> and so, you remember that time I was talking about the body and I was like, and the elbow is connected to, and I just forgot. That forgot where the elbow went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and stockbrokering, and I'm looking at Dylan because he's like a big time stockbroker. Just, just a knowledge bank over yeah, here, Fortune 500 <laughs> kind of guy. What is Fortune 500? Anyway, so here's the playing field. Yep. Let's set the scene and we'll take a break. God created work. Yep, and it was good, delicious. And God created everything mm. for us to enjoy and to glorify Him through, and it was good. Yep. But through the fall, um, all is fractured, all is ruptured, and therefore there is a great um, opportunity for us in our sin to place our identity in what we do mm -hmm. or to crave and desire wealth and to place our worth in, uh, in what we have. Yep. So we need a saviour in these areas. Mm, love it. It's time for verse of the day. We need a. We still need a jingle. I like that jingle though. Where did where'd you get that idea from? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> for those who are new to us today, welcome, welcome. This is our new segment where uh, Dylan today will yep. provide us a verse, a random verse from anywhere in the Bible. This is based on the premise where often where you see verse of the day sliders, they're always the same thirty verses, all the ones you know. And it would be weird if there was one of the ones that Dylan or Noah brings us. And what we have to do, Luke, is work together yes. to think about a sermon or a gospel link to whatever verse is thrown our way. Love it. Hey, Dylan, two weeks in a row, welcome. Yeah, it's a Big. record. Putting in the work. I don't think I've probably ever been here. Where is Noah? Consecutive. Oh, pff, bang. Back in rehab. <laughs> back in <laughs> rehab. Out, and now he's back yeah, in. He's week. back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dylan, what do you got for us? All right, gentlemen, so the verse of the day today comes from Judges 3, 21, 22. Oh, okay. And it reads this. And Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. And the hilt also went in after the blade and the fat closed over the blade for he did not pull the sword out of his belly and the dung came out. Oh, golly. I've got something Good Go So uh, I'll give you some context Dylan, <laughs> Because it says just before that That the sword that Ehud uses Is a double edged blade That wasn't in the verse of the day Joel but And so the double edged blade The word of God is like a double edged blade That mm. cuts to the point of even At joint and marrow as Hebrew says And when it cuts so oh, deep What go comes out Yeah Love it. The worst comes out because the word of God changes our hearts, gives mm. us a new heart. So the dung slips on our heart. <laughs>
So a redemption. Yes. How does the good news about mm. Jesus dying in our place, rescuing from us from our sinful nature and making us his own um, impact our work? Let's start there. Well, I think we first have acknowledged the work of Christ mm. in redeeming work. Yeah. He came and he did exactly what we were to do within that work, to glorify God, to, to honor him, to, to lead those to Christ, to himself, to God, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, by doing that, what he did is he redeemed and did what Adam and Eve, and thus us, uh, were supposed to do uh, mm. in that. So that, I think that's the first thing that we've got to acknowledge in there, because without him doing that, Game over. Yeah. And so as a result of that, now through our whatever we put our hands to, right? Yep. We now have the privilege of um, doing what we were created to do. To use the good work that is before us to glorify God Mm -hmm. and to serve and love others. Right? Our work now isn't... So so here's the change of mind. Our our work isn't uh, an an opportunity to go and make some coin. Yep. To spend on ourselves. Yep. Our work now is an opportunity to do the very best that we can, mm-hmm. not by means of self-promotion, but for the means of glorifying God mm. and loving and blessing and serving others the best that we can. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And so work no longer... See, understanding the gospel and work is really important because mm. uh, I grew up thinking that we work so that we could earn money so that the church can be on mission. (laughs) Yeah. But when work is redeemed by what Christ has done, the very work that we do brings glory to God. So Mm. by you flipping burgers, that is glorifying God in that action. That's that's an act of worship. Mm. It's not just a place to get coins so you can go and take the um, homeless gentleman out for dinner. It's by you very working, that brings glory and honor to God. Yep as Adam and Eve did by working the land, right? That, that, that's a beautiful thing. And it's that true. redeems, and that is actually really important for us to understand. But then also that work, the fruit of that labor, as in the money you make and all that, then you are able to use that money for the glory of God too, which is using your wealth. And that's where wealth and work are tied together so well. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think what, what maybe is also tied in with that yes. is if, if my work, whatever it is, if my work is uh, an opportunity to glorify God, mm. shouldn't that be a greater means, a greater um, push or motivator to do the very, very best that we can? Yeah. So um, I, I hate this idea of, you know, I, I'm a part of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And I serve my church mm-hmm. and I put all of my time and focus and energy into serving my church. Yep. And then I go to work for a rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am a bad witness of the mm-hmm. gospel and a bad glorifier of God mm-hmm. because I am lazy and tired and mm-hmm. don't show up on time. Yep. Well, I like, I think if you're a Christian carpenter, you should be the best carpenter you can be. Yep. Or if you are a Christian um, a teacher or whatever it might be, flipping burgers, yep. be the very best and most diligent and most deliberate about how you use your time and your work to glorify God in that. Mm. Now, the, the the pitfall here is going, I'm going to be the very best so that people can notice me. Mm. Think about uh, Ephesians. 
Yeah. When when Paul's talking to bond servants and masters and and uh, bond servants at the time it, it can be translated slaves or servants, but uh, they were owned, but very different to how we imagine a slave or a servant, right? They were people who worked for the family. They worked in the house. They had lots of privileges. Anyway, there's a good sermon in our thing somewhere on that. And Ephesians, go have a look. Yeah, Ephesians 6. But he says this. He says, Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with yep. a sincere heart, with fear and trembling, as you would Christ, mm. right? So obey those that you work for, as you would Christ. Mm. And then he says, not by the way of our service as people pleasers, but doing the will of God from the heart. Yeah. So not so that other people will notice, but so that God would be glorified, mm. so that he would be honored through what you do. Yeah. I, 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 th- this is a gripe for me. Mm. Like I really think if we grasped what it was to work, to glorify God, it would change completely how we approach how we deal with the like after lunch dreariness mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and how we apply ourselves to what we do. Yeah, and I just think a really good theology of work helps you to also then frame the church. Yes. Because if our mindset is the church is supposed to be that grand show where people get saved, mm. and that's the place, Yeah. then our work becomes secondary. Yeah. But if you understand that your work is worship, and your work is mission, mission. Yeah, that changes it all. You, you go to work going, I'm going to be the best. I mean, the Bible never points to the other position. Like, mm. you look at Daniel. Daniel rose up to that position of prominence, not because just because God was like, yeah, he's a bit of a dud, but I'm just going to move him forward. Mm. No, he was great at his job. Yeah, and he worked hard, and and so much so that when he disobeyed the law, the king had a sleepless night, firstly, trying to change that law, mm. and then secondly, out of fear that he was going to lose a valuable worker. <laughs> yeah. Great question. If you lost your job tomorrow, would they even notice you in the, there? Or are you the person who comes in dead tired on a Monday, mm. and they're like, oh, here comes you know, Christian Joel, who's lazy. <laughs> you know, like, we need to make sure that w- we are representing Christ. Christ to the world. Yeah. Rendering service, not to man, but as to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Just think like practically uh, in whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. who are you doing it for? Mm. And uh, are you approaching the task that is before you as you would approach it if Jesus asked you to do it? Mm. Like that's the admonition of Ephesians 6. Rendering service as to the Lord and not to man. Yeah. I think that's a big challenge for all of us, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a huge challenge. So how do we then protect ourselves through the gospel from making our work our identity? Well, our identity is in Christ. Yeah. Right? So so if that sets the stage, if that sets our lights in place, then then everything else flows from that. Yeah. I am saved and redeemed and made new in Christ. Yeah. The, the bad me is gone and out. Yep. The the double edged sword is pierced and yeah, <laughs> I, been dealt with. I, I'm a new person, right? Um, and so my identity is now in union with Christ. Good. I am blessed and loved as the Father loves the Son. Mm-hmm. And now, as a as a from a position of thanksgiving and joy, mm. I can render my my time, my hands, my work as service unto God mm. to glorify Him. It's a it's a now a blessing and not a burden. Yeah. Yep, absolutely.
that'll preach. Yeah, I love that. That was very good. Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> yeah, it was. I was, uh, I was hoping it'd stump you and then I could just like... Oh, good. Yeah, one-up me. Yeah, one-up you and then... Sorry. Because you identify yourself with your work so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I stay practical again? You mentioned yeah. mission field a couple of times. Yeah. Like if your mission field is the time that you volunteer once a month for an hour, mm. you're going to be limited to that hour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just think about how much time you spend at work. Just, just change your perspective on that. That's right. It's mission field. And no one's going to want to hear from the dad work person why you should follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It just doesn't make any sense. No. The, the gospel is very practical in its call for us to work well. It no longer identifies us. So what? If you make a mistake, guess what? Christ has already paid for that mistake. Yeah. And it doesn't change who you are. And in the way that you make, you know, learn from your mistakes, people will watch and they'll learn from that in the same way. Amen. So wealth. wealth. So you've worked hard. You've you've glorified God in that work, and He, in His great mercy, has has given you fruit of that labor mm. in your children, in you know your workplace. What do you then do with that money? Well, or um, things. Well, let's start with go back to creation, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, God gave a good creation. Yep. To be enjoyed and to be stewarded. Yep. Right. So, so we. You know, the Christian answer here is often, you know, give it away. Give us, give all your money away and, and give it to the poor, right? Uh, there is also a, a healthy position here that we must come to first is that uh, the good things that God gives us mm-hmm. um, is to be enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. Not frivolously and not um, at the expense of others, mm. but to be enjoyed from a position of thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. And, and using... Uh, all, all those great things to um, to point us to the provision, the greater provision of Christ and uh, the loving grace of God through his sacrifice for us. That's right. All good gifts point us to the greatest gift that is Christ. And so therefore, all the things that you are given, when you receive it, like for example, Christmas is just around the corner. Yeah. And we're already having this conversation with our children because we're... Uh, trying to teach them that Christmas is not about them. Mm. But we, we give gifts because God gave us the greatest gift. Yeah. And so when you are given um, money for your job, that is, a, that is a great gift from God. Yeah. And so you, when you get that gift, you look towards God. It should stir your affections mm. to want to honor God and, 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 and enjoy God with it. But then also from that position of thanksgiving, it leads us away from greed because greed is a defining thing. You know, like mm. I, I need to stash up everything I have, whether it's my it's art or uh, money or a big home, because that I, I'm identified by that. Everyone mm. knows me as Joel Loman, who goes has takeaway twice a week. You know, like that's the biggest flex on podcast history. But. <laughs> Carry on. You can you can use that. Hang on, just stop. The first example he brought up when thing, when talking about hoarding was art. Hoarding art. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> A little bit of going my art collection at the back. <laughs> Carry on. Art is worth a lot, whatever, man. <laughs> so anyway. Brother got to eat. <laughs> art pieces. Yeah. Anyway, um, you are no longer identified by that. So then that leads you away from greed. Yeah. 
and leads you to generosity because mm. you're able to go, I've been given these things. The Lord can take these things yeah. and say, therefore, I'm going to use these things for the glory of his mighty name. Now, that does not mean that Christians must be poor. No. Because you're not enjoying the good gifts that God gives you. No. God, we enjoy God through one another, but also through the gifts he gives. Mm. That's also not to say you can go out and buy a Lambo and go, this is a great gift God has given me. No, yeah. it's bad stewardship. Luke, Luke said it on the podcast. Yeah. Exactly enjoying right. Enjoying it. I'm enjoying this. This is a mm. good gift. No, no. It's, it's that balance of realizing we live on mission with the things he's given us, mm. compelled by our relationship with him, and then the conscience that we have. And, and then we go and use those gifts for the glory of his name. For sure. And I think, it, again, this is where a, an, a, a heart changed by the gospel mm. then gives just as we have been given. Yeah. God so, gave generously to us, so mm. we are generous. Yeah. Christians should be abundant givers. Yeah. And, uh, and certainly to uh, to the church so that together we can be missional. Yeah. But but also to others, to to those uh, in our world who are doing it tough or who need support or whatever it might be. Yeah. Being uh, generous in what we do. I think of Second um, Corinthians 9, which I just think is worth reading. He says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And he says this. You've heard this one before. Each one must give, must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm. Now, that is literally rendered. God loves one who is made cheerful by giving. Yeah. So, so the joy that comes from giving, and it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. I'm going to keep going because down in verse 10 it says this, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Mm. I just love this. Think about this. It, it says, if you give generously, the promise isn't, then you will receive abundantly. Mm-hmm. So you give more to the, to the church and to those in need, you yep. will get that green Lamborghini. Yeah. No, no, no. It says, you give generously and God will provide that you may continue to give generously. Mm. Like, like we as Christians are to be the conduit mm. of blessing. Put that in your prosperity pipe and smoke it. <laughs> and, and I'm going to move on. And what is the result of that? <laughs> it says in verse 11, through us, Paul's saying like, hey, hey, in doing this through us, um, it will produce thanksgiving to God. Mm. So you talk about mission, right? Work, what a great mission field. What about your wealth? Mm. Is your is the stuff you have being used to glorify and produce thanksgiving to God? Very good. I I just think like practically, how can you be generous with what you have that would cause people to go, "Why are you doing this?" Mm. Like you hardly know me. You mm. we live on the same street, sure, but why would you bless us in this way? Yeah. Hey, let me tell you. Mm. And we speak of the generosity that we have received. Yeah. Beautiful. And ultimately, we're able to do this if we move on to glorification Mm. because we have our treasure in heaven. Totally. And so we are looking forward to that glorious day where, you know what? 
the art, the vast art collection that you have can't go with you. Mm. But we have the greatest gift in knowing God now and then going and enjoying him in the future. And so you can give those things away. Mm. Yeah, and so we, we work whilst we wait, yep. as First Thessalonians leads us to. Mm-hmm. And we recognize with First Timothy mm-hmm. that uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and we will bring nothing out of it.